Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, your questions, your feedback. Adoration and praise also will be accepted. Todd at Todd Huff Show. Dot com. I guess we can say that it's okay in schools to demand students to wear masks but not for school resource officers to carry weapons. You see this here in the state of Indiana, the great state of Indiana, as being reported at theepictimes.com. Headline, County in Indiana School, or excuse me, County in Indiana, first in state to bar school resource officers from carrying guns. Now, I'll give you a... I guess here, I'll give you a moment if you've not heard this story to put together your best guess on which county this might be. Oz, do you have any ideas? Oz doesn't know. Oz is doing something else over there. This is a county that's a neighbor of mine, a little bit to the south. This will not surprise anybody when I tell you because you'll say, oh, yeah, of course. Monroe County School Board. A county, excuse me, county community school corporations board of trustees. Gee whiz, that's a mouthful. This is Bloomington, of course. You can't. Uh, they they voted to not allow school resource officers to carry carry a weapon. Apparently, but but we got the uh, head of uh, a teachers group out there. Demanding that students still wear masks in the fall. So no guns from people trying to protect students from gun violence. Again, this even takes the idea, the notion of a gun-free zone, a safety zone, to the next illogical step. One of the... um. One of the members, I think this is one of the board members, just sent a Townsend guides. So there's no, been no instance where a this may have been a parent. There's been no instance where an SRO, that's a school resource officer, prevented a school shooting with the discharge of a weapon. She was citing a Harvard Civil Rights Civil Liberties Law Review. However, the Epic Times found at least three times a school resource officer shot their weapon to stop a student who was armed. So they went ahead and decided no guns from um, on school resource officers in Monroe County schools. Of course, that's keeping students safer somehow. I guess if you ask someone who has a weapon who's firing it to kill students indiscriminately, please stop that. That is going to solve the problem. I just want to compare and contrast this utter utter insanity. So that you have that happening 
in a school system here, just in our well, in our listening area. Some of you may be from from that particular school district. That may be your community. On top of that, or I guess contrasting against that, you've got um, MSNBC, good old MS, MSNBC here. Nicole Wallace interviewing American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten. She was asking her what teachers wanted to see happen in schools this this fall. She wanted to ask, or she wanted you know to know what what do we what do we need to see? What what, what do teachers need to see to make them uh, feel safe and ready to return to school? And here's a bit of that exchange. There we go again. You know, I have problems with this stupid thing more times than I can literally just listen to this. Joining us now is Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers and the aforementioned NBC News correspondent Heidi Presbella. Thank you so much to both of you for being with us today. The story has sort of roared back into the headlines. And Randy, if you could just start by telling me what, what, you, what you want, what teachers want in terms of classroom safety for the fall. So, number one, um, and I notice we're all wearing kind of the same hue here. Space <laughs> here. Oh, uh, yes. Exactly. Um, number one, oh, so cute. we want schools open in the fall, and we don't want outbreaks. Wow. So we don't want, you know, an outbreak in an elementary school, you know, in light of um, kids not having vaccinations. We want schools open, and we want them to stay open. So we understood... You know, and we're really pleased that the CDC sees the effectiveness of the vaccines as so great that those of us who are vaccinated get to individually choose whether to wear a mask or not. But unfortunately, the politics have been such that Iowa and Texas then rushed to say no mask mandates when we still don't have a vaccine for um, that's that's okayed for elementary school students, and we see what's happened in India with the variants for kids. So what we've just basically said to the CDC is we don't want to be the mask police. Please give us some guidance. We'll figure out how to deal with it. Let's, let's, you know, do this in the fall. Mm -hmm. Let's finish the school year this year safely, and, and we'll figure it out. But don't make us make it up as we go along every single does. day. And don't make us be the mask police. Fauci does. So, Randy, what you would like is for doctor is for the CDC to issue guidance saying that any child under 12 should wear a mask in school and continue to social distance. I think it's three feet now, not six. Would that be helpful? Correct. And then there you and, go. any child under 12, she wants to see the CDC led by. You know, um, with, with the, the direction or the input, I guess, of Dr. Fauci, who's out there saying God only knows what from day to day. He's now out there. By the way, Fauci's out there saying he's not conv- uh, completely convinced that the coronavirus is naturally occurring. Now, I seem to recall, in fact, I may have to have Oz look this up, but I believe I believe people that posted on social media, and I'm saying this with a degree of hesitation because in all uh, candidness, it's impossible to figure out all the reasons why people have been banned 
or silenced or put in timeout on social media. But I'm pretty sure, fairly confident anyway, that if someone posted an article saying that COVID-19, coronavirus, I should say, was um, not necessarily a naturally occurring virus, that they were put in timeout or had their hands smacked by the social media police. I believe at one point in time, and maybe it still even is that way, um, that you're not allowed to say that this was something that was uh, you know, man-made. Now, just because it's man-made, by the way, if it is man-made, it doesn't mean that it was necessarily... I, I, sometimes the logic, just logically speaking, is... It's such a lost skill on so many people. Just because someone does say the coronavirus was the result of human engineering does not necessarily mean that it was created and released intentionally. Maybe they were testing these viruses for God only knows what reasons, and it got out of the lab. Maybe someone didn't you know, decontaminate themselves properly and carried the virus out. That's certainly a possibility. Of course, it's also possible, logically speaking, I'm not making any accusations, just the logical possibilities. If uh, if this is determined by unbiased science, which again is virtually impossible to find today, science, I say everything is political, everything is political, Science has now been politicized and used by the radical left to the point here where this uh, Randy Weingarten, again, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, is now saying if you're under 12, if you're a student, you need to wear, need to wear a mask at school next year. Teachers don't feel safe going back. Got variants running around in India. I mean, th- folks, this is never – this – is never going to end. Again, I go back to where we were, what is it, 14 months ago, 15 days to slow the spread. And now it's until you're vaccinated, you have to wear the mask. Unless Dr. Weingarten uh, here, the doctor, now I say that, I'm not even sure, but Randy Weingarten is out there saying, look, Thank you, CDC, for giving me the cho- for giving me the choice on whether or not I can wear a mask if I'm vaccinated. This this is an individual who's res- leading a group of teachers who should, among other things, be educated on liberty and freedom. She's praising and thanking the CDC for giving her the choice and giving other Americans the choice. For you know, to, to to wear or not to wear a mask if they are vaccinated. Oh, thank you, CDC. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Dr. Fauci. Thank you. It's so remarkable, so wonderful. You've given us the choice again. We've earned the right to make decisions for ourselves. Fifteen days to stop the spread became. You better get vaccinated or else. We got vaccine passports. We've got wear a mask, double mask, triple mask, put your, well, just, you have to just isolate yourself from all people. We got police in Canada, I saw this morning on Twitter, giving tickets for 
a journalist shaking hands with people in the streets of, I want to say, Ontario. Police came out and issued a citation for shaking hands and for being within two meters of a group of more than five people in the street. I mean, this has gone completely bonkers around around the world, all under the guise of protecting us from other people. Again, you can say these things and ask these questions and point these things out without without saying that their um, COVID is fake or something. That's not the the allegation here. Without saying that. There shouldn't be any safety protocols or anything like that. It has gotten so far out of control. Again, may I remind you, as I know, you know this, it started with 15 days to slow the spread. And now it's almost to the point that if you want to leave your home in certain areas, if you want to send your kid back to school, they're going to have to be masked up for eternity or they're going to have to be vaccinated, inoculated against coronavirus because they might spread a variant to teachers who don't have to wear masks if they choose to not wear a mask, if they have been vaccinated. On and on this goes. Where does it stop? Nobody knows. But I tell you what, if you give them the opportunity to set the expectation or to raise the bar to a certain level of insanity, they will take you up on that challenge. They will take you up on that challenge. And it's, I, look, well, I don't want to say what I'm thinking at the moment, but I will say this. I will say this. We, at some point, have got to demand, have got to demand that the nonsense and the insanity come to a screeching halt and that the adults in the room actually begin making decisions again. I want to pause here to take a break, but when we get back, I want to talk about this article. Um, that I saw in Town Hall posted over, I guess it was on Friday. It was late Friday night. Study, Texas reopening had no impact on COVID cases or deaths. So she, this Randy Weingarten, this president of a teacher's group, is out there saying we cannot reopen without students wearing masks because there's no vaccination for them. She's out there bad-mouthing. She mentioned Texas and Iowa, I believe, was the other state she mentioned. But if you look at the studies, the science, oh, we've got to follow the science. Unless the science leads us to a place that tells us government should not be running our lives, and then, of course, we have to blame the study because that can't be the case because government to the radical left, the unhinged left, the godless left, I'm not talking all Democrats, I'm not even talking unliberal, all liberals, I'm talking about a segment of that of that population, the godless, radical, unhinged left, to the godless, radical, unhinged left, government is God. I'm telling you, government is God. I'm not saying, pause, that's not God is God. They believe that. And so if something comes out to say, um, you know, not forcing people to you know, live in isolation with their heads buried five feet in the ground so as not to uh, spread COVID. If the government isn't in charge of telling people how to how many breaths to take a minute or some stupid thing, how many how many decibels they can sing in before they become a super spreader. If the government uh, government is not involved in those sorts of things, then of course that's not the way to find our way out of this problem. 
Texas reopened. Biden said that they were acting like Neanderthals. And of course, now science is telling us that this had no impact, no impact on cases of COVID or deaths from COVID. We'll talk about that after the break. Quick timeout is in order here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. By the way, be careful out there today. Contents of this program may, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. So be careful as you operate any heavy machinery, including your personal vehicle if you're driving into work. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Following the science here on the Todd Huff Show, I mentioned before the break, study, this is reported in Town Hall, Texas reopening had no impact on COVID cases, deaths, written by Landon Mayon. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. After, he writes, after Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision to lift COVID-19 restrictions, in the state was deemed Neanderthal thinking. Yes, Joe Biden said that. Yes, Joe Biden did say that. Uh, by President Biden, he continues, a new study found no connection. Let me repeat, repeat that. A new study found no connection, no connection between lifted mandates and people contracting or dying from the virus. Bentley University economist Daval Dave Dave probably is San Diego State University economist Joseph Sabia and San Diego State University graduate research fellow Samuel Safford conducted a study using smartphone mobility data from SafeGraph and COVID-19 data collected by the New York Times that compared Texas coronavirus data from before and after restrictions were lifted by the governor on March 10th. They said their discoveries, quote, underscore the limits of late pandemic era COVID-19 reopening policies to alter private behavior. And this is what they find. We find no evidence that the Texas reopening led to substantial changes in social mobility, including foot traffic at a wide set of business establishments in Texas. We find no evidence that the Texas reopening affected the raw or the rate of new COVID-19 cases during the five weeks following the reopening. Remember, this was supposed to, this was supposed to cause an end to society. Meanwhile, you contrast that, you know, the states, by the way, who have the lowest unemployment rate right now, this is not surprising either, red states, red states. I got this poll. Let me see if I can find this. I got a lot pulled up here today. There we go. Epic times. Red states lead the charge in lowest unemployment rates. We don't talk about this. Well, we do. But the media, the Democrat Party, the narrative doesn't talk about this at all. They don't talk about the other consequences that their heavy-handed government approach has caused on our lifetime. You want to look around and see the... The crazy problems that exist today, these things can largely be traced back to government actions, government decisions. The reason that we're having trouble getting, well, with certain supply, um, 
supplies on, you know, with what the economy needs, with what demand insists, is that is because the governments have taken certain steps and actions that have created problems in supply chains. Because what happened was when the government started telling people you can't go to work, you can't do all this, whatever, um, things weren't being produced. Businesses couldn't operate. And at first it wasn't necessarily – again, it hits different sectors of the economy at different times. It hits different parts of the economy at different times and in different ways. But now that the demand is coming back, you can't find certain things because production isn't able to ramp up to what it needs to be in order to meet that demand. And why aren't they able to do that? Well, glad you asked. Because because of all these other restrictions and – and it's not the only reason necessarily, but it is a big reason. And in fact, it may be the only reason in some of these examples – was because businesses were forced to shut down and comply with onerous government regulations, stipulation, rules, and so forth. And now, and now we find that there's problems, unintended consequences. I've said on this program, if you can imagine an old-fashioned scale, right, that a balance, and then you, you have things that you're balancing on that scale – the government took its thumb and said, we don't care about anything except this side of the scale. And they put their hand or their thumb on it, and it tips it completely out of balance. And that's what they've done. And the ramifications and the consequences of that, no one can even at some point predict specifically because of how interwoven all of the, uh, the entire economy is. I mean, you can understand it's going to throw things out of whack, and you can make some predictions to some point, but it is impossible to predict some of these things because what happens is in a free market economy, people are making countless decisions each and every day that affect other other parts of the economy or other parts of our just our society. And if one of those things are thrown out of balance – Far enough, it creates a problem, and then the other parts of the market have to respond. And then when that response is noticed by other parts of the economy or our society, there's other responses. And it's, it's, it's as though people are t- taking those scales, which were largely in balance, and there's always you know, adjustments made in, in, a, in a free economy and a you know, in supply and demand and so forth. There's little adjustments here and there. Sometimes there's big adjustments, but rarely do you see the government come in and smack its hand on the scale and then throwing a whole wave of consequences at every other conceivable and even at the time inconceivable parts of our society and economy. And that's what's happened. That's what's happened. That's why you go to the store and find out you can't get a certain thing. Sometimes it's the most obscure thing that you can even dream of. All these things can be traced back to the response. At best, I would say the response to COVID-19. At worst, I would say government forcing people to respond in certain ways to COVID-19. 
And here we are. And this ripple, this wave is not done working its way through the economy. And one of those parts of the waves is unemployment. It is. That's why this state, Indiana, the governor came out recently and said no more. We're not, I think it's after June 19th, there will be no more. Um, we won't accept the federal unemployment bonus or whatever you call this, um, this $300 weekly weekly bonus. That thing comes to an end here in this state, June 19th. There's been about half the states in the country have now said this. And as a result, as a result, people are going to begin to have to start looking for work. Like, for example, one of the industries which the left seems to fail to acknowledge is a real thing is labor in uh, labor in a lot of industries, but specifically labor in restaurants. I've said on here before, if folks, if you want to be able to go out to eat and be served in a reasonable amount of time, um, you might really want to start paying attention to this. Have you seen the signs on the doors lately that have said, please be paid? I mean, I'm paraphrasing because there's a variety of signs I've seen of, but basically, hey, please forgive us. The people that want to work are here. We don't, we can't find people to work. So it may take a little bit longer. First, they couldn't, uh, restaurants couldn't seat as many people as they wanted because of COVID rules. Now they can seat more people, but they can't serve them because of unemployment response by our, by our government. Now this, this is the right step, the right step. And again, this isn't some universal, uh, attack on unemployment. I don't want to do that today. That's not even the point. If it's there, and you know it's legitimately needed and it's look it there's a lot of i there's a lot of problems with the way this that unemployment works in general but i know that there was a time when if people didn't have that uh that there could be a it could have been even more devastating i understand the thinking is my point but i'm saying at this particular point in time there are more than enough jobs out there people are businesses are dying for labor and the left's out there saying, well, we talked about this last week. The left's out there saying, well, it's because businesses aren't meeting uh, the, the labor demands being placed upon it by, by workers, saying we're not going to work unless you pay us more. Well, that sounds all well and good, but the reason that, that individuals are saying that is because they're getting more to not work. If they were getting more for, from something else in the private economy, then that's life. But if they're getting more because the government intervenes – because the government says this is this is how much you get for doing nothing, and that's a problem again caused by the government placing its fingers upon the scales of what's happening in our society, causing all sorts of consequences across uh, across this uh, this great nation. So, timeouts in order. Going to take a break. Continue our discussion here on the other side of the break. You're listening to Conservative, Not Better Talk. I am your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. You are listening to America's Realities Are Here on the Todd Huff Show. 
Have you seen this Fauci impersonator? I love this, by the way. Fauci impressionist, forgive me, I guess is what we're calling him, fights back against big tech censorship. This is HollywoodandToto.com. Versatile comic Tyler Fisher says he won't be silenced by uh, cyber bullies. Tyler Fisher is getting a crash course in big tech censorship. Fisher, a classically trained actor turned comedian, is one of the few satirists uh, imitating Dr. Fauci, except this isn't the toothless portrait shown on Saturday Night Live. Fisher's version mocks the doctor's pessimism and unnecessary protocols. It's not crude, but it leaves a satirical Mark, But TikTok, that's where he was posting these videos, didn't find the viral videos funny. The Chinese platform bounced one of Fisher's uh, Fauci videos for several days before restoring it Thursday after sites like The Federalist drew attention to the matter. The comedian's impression caught plenty of people's attention prior to the removal, including, well, I'm not going to read all this, but you get the point. I want to play, <laughs> I actually want to play. This is one of the videos. I think this might have I don't know if this was one that was was flagged, but it's one that they have shared here in this particular article and I want to share it with you because you'll find an element of truth in what he is doing here. This is called satire. This is a satirical approach. This is used this is a a technique that is used to illustrate the absurdity of some of the things we've been taught and told during this uh, COVID process. Now, keep in mind, Fauci, who at some point in, in, in the not-too-distant past told us that COVID was absolutely a naturally occurring virus. Now, Fauci isn't so sure it wasn't man-made. Now, I don't know if all those, um, all the hubbub that surrounded about, you know, from people surrounded people telling social media, posting to social media that this was a virus that was created in a lab, which I'm not definitively claiming. I'm just saying that is a possibility. It always has been. Um, again, it doesn't mean it was deliberately released just because it was deliberately created or tested. Maybe who knows what exactly they're doing with this thing. Anyway, now that's out there, so I don't know if the disclaimers will come off of Social media posts, of course, we know that they won't. But regardless, here is what gets this uh, this comedian, Tyler Fisher, in trouble on TikTok. Here and enjoy this. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because mm-hmm. frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain mm-hmm. and come up through somebody else's toilet, mm. infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, <laughs> ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of Maybe, perhaps, reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future. And there you go, right? I mean, this is, 
I mean, that sounds a lot, not just not just the voice itself, but that sounds similar to. Now, granted, it's done in a hyperbolic sort of sense. I mean, it's it's exaggeration, it's satire, but there's an element of truth there, uh, an element of truth. Dr. Fauci is the one that told us at first masks were largely symbolic and then that we absolutely should wear a mask and then we should wear two masks and goggles and gloves. Remember all this? Now he's telling us that masks, we just, I just played this last week, masks are, again, um, he's, he's to the point where he's now comfortable with people seeing him without a mask indoors in public. That's his criteria, how people see him. Well, what about, it? are you safe, Dr. Fauci? Well, I just care how people see me. This is so backwards, so backwards. That's why I was saying last week that part of the reason, um, well, part of the reason I said that if we focus on just being genuine, we don't have to really worry so much about what people think and perceive. I don't. I really don't. I just go out, I be, and then if they, um, if someone is uncertain about something and wants to ask me, I feel like I can explain it. I don't sit there, and I don't think neither the most normal people sit there and think, oh, man, I've got to do this today to make sure I look this way. Such a waste of energy and effort. Just be, man. Just go out there and be. If it's safe to not wear a mask, Dr. Fauci, don't wear a mask, right? Don't worry about, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen from this? What are people going to say? Then he wears a mask to a baseball game last summer, but he doesn't really wear it. He wears it over his chin. I just... It's just so patronizing and stupid and insulting to our intelligence. That's what's perhaps been, well, I don't want to say the most troubling thing about this, because the most troubling thing is how much people trust our government to take complete control of everything in our lives and then say, you know, you can't question that, and this is what we have to do. Government knows best. That's the most concerning, but, but not far below that. Not far below that is how insulting this is to just people who critically think. Don't tell me that I'm an idiot or or that I don't understand something as sophisticated as what Dr. Fauci. I don't, I'm sure I, I don't understand everything. But I tell you what, if you can't explain it to the average person, then you don't understand it well enough to be talking about it. And Dr. Fauci absolutely sounds similar in some of the things he said before Congress or in front of the cameras as this comedian, Tyler Fisher, made him sound. And it's been blocked, at least at times, some of his videos have been blocked by TikTok. For what? For making fun of the doctor who has said things that are absurd and things that are completely contra- uh, contradictory in multiple settings. We're not even allowed to laugh at this. Well, Todd, you're going to cause people to not trust anything Dr. Fauci says. I think he's doing a good enough job of that himself. We have to be able to illustrate this and talk about this. Just don't blindly follow, cross our fingers, and hope that we end up to this place where we're safe again or whatever. We should ask lots of questions about this. And I've got to take a break. Long in the segment. Back here in just a minute.
friends. By the way, this program brought to you in part by our friends at Coran Homes. Coran Homes offers quiet residential neighborhoods with, with conveniently located services, entertainment, and recreation. Their communities have the attractiveness of a residential neighborhood with the benefits of Indiana-built manufactured homes. CoranHomes.com, C-O-H-R-O-N, CoranHomes.com. Check them out. Be sure to tell them that, that Todd sent you. So look, I covered a lot with, with COVID today and then just, I don't know, just, just the updates. But it's it's remarkable to me. It's remarkable to me that the evidence is there in front of our eyes. The states that have, I don't know, have, have re, reopened, if that's the right word, moving towards normalcy again, I guess. But just the refusal of some to want to even acknowledge that. I understand that there's difference, uh, maybe differences in risk tolerance among people. Some people are more susceptible to um, the virus, all these sorts of things. I get all of that. But there is another side of this that has been ignored by the left from day one. They think that just throwing money at it will fix it. But that's the destruction of, of the economy, and this has to be fixed. We have to let the economy get back to work again and get back towards people working instead of relying upon the government for their sustenance. Got to take a break. Come back and wrap up. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Got to wrap up here for the day. But we've got, look, I think that there's lots of lessons here for us to learn um, along this COVID path. And of course we knew, of course we knew that some of the steps being taken by our government were way over the top, even at the time that they, they took them. But to, to double down and to triple down and to continue down this path of just onerous regulation or extreme burdens upon schools or the private sector or businesses at this point is just not justifiable. You can still be safe, of course, without some of these regulations and rules. I've got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.